0: Well, it's my privilege to introduce to you, and he don't need any introduction usually because he's here. Uh, But he's on the road a lot and in prisons a lot. Uh, He's been serving the rock of ages over 35 years, isn't it, brother? Over 35 years, and he's been preaching 100 years. No, not really. He's been preaching uh, as long as I've been preaching, I think uh, 46, 47 years. And um, we're about the same age. He's a little younger. But um, love Brother Steve, love his enthusiasm, love his burden for souls. I've uh, been over to Rock Walker uh, County yes, uh, Prison with him for the Christmas uh, preaching, and we have a bunch of preachers over there, and we have seen a lot of souls saved on that special day, but he sees them saved every week. And so you pray for Brother brother Steve. He's our missionary to the prisons of the world. Amen. God bless right. you, Brother. Thank Amen. You. Appreciate, Amen. You. appreciate you. Amen. i Houston. Hugging the neck or shaking a hand or something like that and then you bump and, you know, I was told that in France they're toe-tapping, so if you want to toe-tap, I guess that's proper too, amen. But it's a joy to be here this morning. I appreciate the opportunity, appreciate uh, what you do for us. Uh, You enable us, you help us to go. A lot of times when you think about the prison ministry and you think about me, you think about the Walker County Jail, but the truth of the matter is, Gail and I, we serve as representatives with the Rock of Ages. Sure. And so that may be shut down, but we're not completely shut down. Right. And so I praise the Lord to serve him and to uh, follow after him and tag along with the Lord. Can of say it like that, just to tag along with the Lord. He's been good to us. Sure. He's been real good to us. Amen. And I praise the Lord for his mercy. We should pray about a couple of things. Nathan I called yesterday and he shared with me a video. I don't know if you saw that or not, Brother Wayne, but they're contemplating, looking, thinking, praying about purchasing a church that has went under, I think it was, it was a community church in Perry, Michigan. And so he asked me to pray about that, and I thought that was a tremendous thought right there. I've been praying with him. He took me through the building, shared that with me. And so if you will, just pray with Nathan about that. And Then, if you will, one of the things that Gail and I have been working on, serving as representatives, we recently purchased a new tractor. Actually, it's three years old, 41 hours. That's new, if you understand what I'm saying. And uh, we got a cutting har, we got a trailer, and we also got a Bush Hog. It's a four-wheel drive with a bucket, and uh, we have done put that to work. I think we got it actually with 48 hours, and it's got well over 100, maybe close to 120, 25 hours right now. But if you just happen to, we got it for a Kmart Blue Light special, 22.5, okay? And so if you just happen to have uh, 17,000 in your back pocket and that's burning your britches, y'all see me after service, we'll help cool your pants. We don't want you to leave out in a blaze or a far because Brother Joe Arthur says far is hotter than fire, amen? So... If you will, just pray with us about that. That's one of the things that Gail and I are working on. It's down to around 17,000 right now. And uh, uh, we appreciate your prayers for that. I want you to look with me, a familiar passage of scripture. I think about this, i preached this before. Brother Wayne and I were in a uh, preacher's meeting and I was the last one, last one to preach. And I'm looking out at the congregation. We had a good supper and uh, no one of a drive home. And, of course, Brother Wayne drove home, and, uh, you know, sometimes it goes over like a lead balloon. You preachers know what I'm talking about. You can give me an amen on that. And everybody's kind of asleep, you know, and they, you know, just kind of nodding off and everything. I, I believe I could have told them, you know, the moon's made out of cheese, and they'd have said, amen, preacher, keep on preaching, amen, you know, like that. But First Chronicles chapter 28, why don't you look with me this morning at this passage of Scripture. And in 1 Chronicles, why don't you stand when you found that that'll give you an opportunity to stretch and smile. And I'm going to try to be as done or try to be done as soon as possible if I can and uh, uh, get you out around the 12 o'clock hour. That's what I hope to do. I don't know if I'll accomplish that or not, but that's what I want to do. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about the family when they're singing and the little fellow when he was grabbing the mic from mom and everything like that and he had to put his two cents in. I thought, now, that's a good missionary family right there. Good-looking missionary family right there. We need them with the Rock of Ages, amen. And, uh, you know, y'all can be partial to whoever you want to, but I know who I'm partial with, amen. But why don't you look with me. First Chronicles chapter 28, we're going to start in verse 1. And David assembled all the princesses of Israel, the princes of the tribe and the captains of the companies that ministered to the king by course and the captains over the thousands, and captains over the hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and the possession of the king, and of his sons with the officers and with the mighty men, and with all the valet men unto Jerusalem. Then David the king stood upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren, and my people. As for me, I had in mine heart to build an house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and for the footstool of our God, and hath made ready for the building." But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build an house from my name, because thou hast been a man of war and hast shed blood. Howbeit, the Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever, for I had chosen Judah to be ruler, and of the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, he liked me to make me king over all Israel. And of all my sons, for the Lord hath given me many sons. He hath chosen Solomon, my son, to sit upon the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. And he said unto me, Solomon, thy son, he shall build mine house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever, if he be constant to do my commandments and my judgments as at this day. day. Verse 8. Now therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of the Lord, and in the audience of our God, keep and seek for all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land, and leave it for an inheritance for your children after you forever. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a will and mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts, and understandeth all the imagination of the thoughts, if thou seek him, he will be found of thee, but if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Now let's have prayer, and then you can be seated. Our fathers, we come again to the throne. It's in the blessed name of the Lord Jesus, and we come with grateful, thankful hearts. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege and this honor, and then to Lord Jesus also, it's a responsibility. And our Father, I think about what you said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. So I ask this morning, call to my remembrance the scripture and the illustrations that would be pleasing and Christ-exalting, God-honoring unto thee. And then, dear Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll help me this morning to encourage, to edify, to exhort, and to equip. Lord, you just know the needs of each and every one that's here today. If there's one with us lost, God save them. One cold and indifferent, warm their hearts. Bring us back to Calvary. May we have a fresh look and a, uh, Lord, uh, new sights and insights, that is, on Calvary this morning. And Father, we'll thank you, we'll praise you. I uh, bow my unworthy head and bless you for all that you so kindly do. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Look with me this morning in this passage of Scripture. Uh, Just by way of introduction, I'll give you three thoughts to think about. may not go through all of them, but I'll share them with you very quickly. There's the purpose of David's call. There's the people of David's call. There's the power of David's call. Now, as we think about the purpose of David's call, there's three things to think about. Number one, we see there's a temple to be built, and he's calling all of Israel together. Now, we've got to get behind this. There's a temple to be built. Number two, there's a new king to establish. A new king to establish. David's old. You know, the Bible says in one passage of Scripture that he was ready and of a beautiful countenance, if memory serves me correct. And the ready, uh, ruddy, excuse me, not ready, but ruddy, It speaks of either red hair or it speaks of a red face. But this young man was of beautiful countenance. And I can see him now, what was once... Uh, uh, red hair possibly or red face possibly. Now you begin to see the furrows in his face. You begin to see the lines on his forehead, uh, forehead. That his hair is now turned white. He's old. He's passing off the scene. May I say to you, he's passing the torch this morning as we look at this passage of scripture. And then may I say to you, thirdly, you will not find this word in the word of God, but he's speaking about unity. He's saying, now look, we've got a work to do. We've got a new king. Let's get behind him. Let's unify our forces. And let's go on before the Lord and do what God wants us to do. You see, the people of the call, and I I say that specifically in reference to one group, and that's in reference to all of Solomon's son, or excuse me, all of David's sons, uh, some uh, half-brothers and brothers of Solomon, as you think about it. There would already been one son that had tried to stand and announce that he was the new king of Israel. And David had to put that down. So he calls all of them in. I think he's calling them in for the purpose, naturally, number one, because it's the thing to do, but to say to him, he's the man. He's the man. This is the man that you're to look to. He's our king, not my other sons, this one here. And then if I can, the power of his call. He announces it. He makes that statement. He's the one that says, he is your next king. And so after that, we see David as he begins to slip off the scene. We see him as he goes into eternity. Acts chapter 13, I believe it's verse 36. It says, and David, as he served the Lord by the will of God, or as he served Israel by the will of God. And David done his work. He was there. He was there for a short time. We're here for a short time. We're here for only just a little while, and then we'll pass away. I believe it's Psalm 78, the Bible says, For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. And our lives are just like that. It's going to pass away. It was yesterday when I married my wife, Gail, 21 years old. I had little rose in my cheek then. Amen? What about that? And uh, she had plenty of rose in her cheek because she'd put it on and stuff like, I'm joking, amen. But you know, listen, what are you gonna do with this life? What are you gonna do with what God has given you and where are you you gonna wind up? You know, I've said this before, let me say it again, Romans chapter eight and verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed unto the image of his son. And you may have a good direction today. You may have a direction that you feel like it's gonna take you to the heights, but I challenge you with this statement right here, how much further and where could you go in serving the Lord and following after Him? Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Where could you go and what could you be and what, to what height can God take you? And so as we look at this passage of Scripture, I want to give you three things to think about. If you will, verse 9 and verse 10 is where I want to take my thought. And I'm thinking about this phrase right here he says and thou Solomon my son and he says know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and as you think about know thou the God of thy father I want to give you three things to think about this morning not necessarily topical I think I found it in there but more of our excuse me not so much a verse by verse but topical but I want to say to you number one is there the care in your heart and in your life to know the God of thy father? You know, listen, do you know the God of heaven? Is he yours? Are you his? Do you know him in the free pardon of sin? You know, people say all the time, well, I'm all right, I'm doing okay, and so forth and so on. But do you know the Lord? I think about it, I may have told this before, shared this one little illustration because it it just stuck in my heart the day. And I think about coming across a man, he's laying on his bunk in the cell blocks, or excuse me, in the uh, dorm, and as I walked up to him, I had his feet crossed, and he was looking up at me, and he said, oh, I said to him, I said, well, I guess you know why I'm here. And he looks back and he says these words, yes, a preacher, he said, me and God, we've got our own thing going. But it's your own thing, salvation this morning, knowing Christ and the free pardon of sin." Let me give you three thoughts on this one, three sub-thoughts to think about. Number one, do you know the Lord as, uh, uh, in his love? Turn with me, if you will, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, and notice with me what the scripture says, 1 John 3 verse 1, and he says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. When you think about this word manner, you think about the care and the attention that God put into making the plan of salvation and then in his providential hand how he leads us and he draws us and by faith we receive him by faith. You you understand what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Listen, God speaks, there's the revelation. God speaks, there's the revelation, there's an opportunity to respond. Repentance comes forth from our heart and we're born into the family of God. We're born into his family, and we come to know the Lord in the free pardon of sin. But I want you to back up, and I want you to see something when we think about the care and the attention of God's salvation for you and I. Notice with me what he says. He says, Behold. Let's stop right there for just a second. May I say to you, when you think about that little phrase or that little word, Behold, it means to stop. It means to gaze. It means to look wide-eyed open into. And begin to realize what God done for your soul and mine. Uh, You've heard me say similar. I wasn't searching for God. It was God that came searching for me. Uh, There's several times I've told these stories, probably old hat to you, how God would reach down and he would speak to my heart and he would give me an opportunity to be saved. I was dating my wife, Gail, and... She was going to the Victory Baptist Church here in town, and uh, I remember that Pastor Smith, he had a visiting preacher come in from Tennessee, and a little short fella, and he's like me, had about that much hair on top of his head, and, uh, you know, I remember as uh, all good Baptists when church is over, he is a visiting preacher, so y'all come on around, shake his hand. Everybody come on around, let's shake his hand now. And, uh, you know, listen, I I walk up, I didn't know no better. He's standing over here, he's short, but because the podium was taller, he was actually looking down at me. And he looked at me and he said, boy, you're not saved, are you? And I went, no. You know, it scared me. I thought, man, him and God, they're that close, you know? (laughs) That scared me. And he said, you better get saved before you leave here. And I got on my knees that day and I called out to the Lord. I wanted salvation but I wasn't ready to give up my sin. And because I wasn't ready to give up my sin, God didn't save me. There's a lot that talks about repentance. There's a lot that talks about faith and this and that. But conviction has to be wrought first. Psalms 39 and verse 11, When thou with rebukes doth correct man for iniquity, thou maketh his beauty to consume away like a moth. Surely every man is vanity, Selah. And when we see ourselves as God wants us to see ourselves, we see that we're not what we thought we were, but that we're sinners. We're hell bound. If we don't get saved, we're going to hell. Now listen, you can say what you want saying, say, and well, I believe this and I believe that. Is it backed up by the book? Because the Bible says, neither is there salvation any other, for there's no other name given unto heaven among men whereby you must be saved. Well, I'm this and I'm that. I don't care what you are, are you saved? Do you have that relationship with the Lord Jesus? Do you know him in the free pardon of sin? That's what we're talking about. And as you think about all of this, may I say to you not only his love this morning, but may I say to you, there's the thought concerning his leadership. What does God want out of your life? And what does God want out of my life? And what does God want to see? You know, I still think about Romans chapter 12, verse one and two. When I got saved, that seemed like every visiting preacher that come to our church, Old Bible Way, uh, listen, every preacher was preaching on prayer and every preacher was preaching on Romans 12, 1 and 2. And they were preaching about that living sacrifice. They were talking about laying it upon the altar. Hebrews chapter 10 teaches us that that altar is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The word, now I'm going by memory on this, I may be wrong, but I believe the word altar is mentioned In our King James Bible 430 times, 23 times in the New Testament. And God just don't want us a sacrifice, but a living sacrifice laid upon Christ that he can use us for his glory and his honor and his praise. God has leadership for your life and God has leadership for mine. I want to tell you something, it's been good for me. It's been good for me. I, I can't complain to the good hand of God having visited and worked in 32 nations across the face of God's earth? Who would have thought that? Little old country fella out of North Georgia, out of north, uh, just north of Chatsworth, Georgia, near the Tennessee line, and, it, and yet God comes along and saves me, and he gives me this rich opportunity. You know, listen, as you think about it, there's that leadership. What does God have out of his life? Or what does God want out of your life? What does he want to do in and through you? And then may I say to you, there's his labor. John 9, or excuse me, Luke 10 and verse 3, is this is the verse that God put on my heart. We put it on our first prayer card. Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. And God was saying, go your ways, behold, I send you forth. He'll lead, he'll guide, he'll direct. But I think about John chapter 9 and verse 4. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can worketh. And there's coming a time when you and I, we can't labor. All of our labor will be over. You've heard these words before, and that is, there'll be no need for a soul winner in heaven, and we'll have the nail-scarred hands to look upon. The finished work is over. No souls can be won to Christ then. It's on this side of eternity. May I say to you, secondly, as you think about this this morning, May I say to you, there's the care in knowing, and then there's the challenge in knowing. And notice with me, he says, know thou the God of thy father. And as you think about this challenge in knowing, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms chapter 62 and verse 8. Psalm 62 and verse 8. And in Psalm 62 and verse 8, you find these words, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And in this passage of scripture, you can see three things. You can see his provision, trust in him at all times, at all times. You can see his perpetual priesthood, pour out your heart unto who? Before him. And then you can see thirdly, not only that, but you can see his permanence. And that is the word God, and that is the Elohim. Elohim, it speaks of the supreme God of heaven. You know, I think, well, let me go on. I started to give you another passage of scripture, but let me go on for sake of time. But as you look in this passage of scripture, when you look at those words, trust in him at all time," you people pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge. May I say to you the challenge to know him? I think about how David may have looked over. He's addressing all of his congregation And he stops and he focuses on that son. And he says to that son, he said, know thou the God of thy father. He'll be there for you. He'll sustain you. He'll supply you. He'll satisfy you. He'll give you sufficient grace for the race or for the job that's before us. But as you look at this passage of scripture, may I say to you, number one, there's a place of trust. Trust in him at what? At all times. And then if you'll notice with me, secondly, there's a place of hope, a place of hope, a confident expectation. In Job chapter 3, in the latter portion of verse 16, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. I believe we can partially apply that to us. I know who it's written to. He says it in the verse. But may I say to you, he is the strength and he can be the hope of us, our people, You ever been praying about something pacific? See the hand of God move in such a way? You are asking for something in a pacific manner, not generals, but pacific. I need it done just like this. And I want you to do it just like this in here. I was given devotion the other day at the office, and I was using Psalms 100. Boy, the Lord was so good. He gave me a touch. We don't do but about a 15-minute at max devotion, and uh, God was giving me a touch there. Y'all know, and I'm not trying to keep on, and know there's far worse surgeries than what I've gone through with double hip replacement. I think it was the fellow that was in the Toccoa uh, Falls, uh, Toccoa Falls Dam when it broke over, when that water flooded over there. And he was in heaven, and he was telling the story of how great it was. And then someone came to him and said, Noah's in the audience. Never mind, you'll get it in a minute. You'll get it in a minute. Never mind, you'll get it in a minute. There's far worse, okay? There's far worse. But long before I'd had my first surgery, I actually went to Calhoun to one doctor and talked to them. They said, you need to have L4 and L5 fused. And I really wasn't wanting that. And I've got three bulging discs. And and so it, it does hurt from time to time. But may I say to you, I went to the second do- doctor, but long before, I was in bed, I was hurting, I was in pain, I was uh, eating. My favorite vitamin was either an ibuprofen or a Tylenol. So what it seemed like, that's all I was eating. And, uh, you know, I just, in tears, I began to pray and I asked the Lord, Lord, let me have back my walk. Let me have back my walk. Brother Bobby, I believe you know some of what I'm talking about, don't you? And I was sharing this. I told him at the office the other day. I said, look at that. Did you hear that one pop? Look at that right there. I said, hey, look at that. Eat your heart out. Amen. I can do it on both of them. What about that? Amen. That's the hand of my God. That's how God is so good to us. But it started back when I was in tears and I was hurting. And God gave me some relief at that time. And I thought, well, the Lord's given me some relief. I was going to a chiropractor. I thought I was his most uh, most favorite. uh, uh, Anyway, I thought I was his most favorite, okay. And, uh, you know, I had some relief. But God was looking on past that. He was looking down to the time in December and then in January. And he's brought me to that healing. And he's brought me there and, and I can walk again. I was taking, it seemed like little baby steps, just small steps, and if I did take a big step, it was hurting, I was hurting. And that's what God can do. He's that hope. And then may I say to you, thirdly, he's a place of refuge. And as you think about this, we're talking about a place of hiding. You find this in uh, uh, Numbers chapter 35, verse six, and it speaks of the cities of refuge. This is the first mention of the word refuge. And if someone by accident killed another person, if he could make it to the city of refuge first, he could stay there until it come trial time. I think that's the best way to say it. And what I'm saying to you, he's a God of refuge. Many, many times, what is it, Psalm 61? Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. When my heart is overwhelmed, uh, when my heart is overwhelmed, the word "well" overwhelmed there, it speaks of the shroud. We have a funeral. We may take three, five, even up to seven days and even longer for that occasionally. But when there was a funeral in that day and time, it was like within the next three hours. And they would cover that body in a shroud. And what Psalmist David is saying in Psalm 61 when my heart is overwhelmed, when I'm so confused, when I'm covered with this darkness, when I can't see, when I don't have the direction, Lord, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. There's a rock that is higher. There's a refuge. Many times when it talks about this rock, it speaks of an overhang, and that if you're out in the cold and the watery elements or the wetness and the elements of, uh, of nature you can run into that rock and you can be protected and hid from that. And our God is that rock. 1 Corinthians, I believe it is 10. He said, and that rock was Christ. There's argument to this, whether two rocks or so forth and so on. I believe it was just one rock and that rock singular was Christ. And that rock followed Israel as it would give the uh, as Israel went about its business in the 40-year wilderness. But may I say to you, there's that place of refuge, and then it's a place of trust, and we see again, it's the word God, and it speaks of Elohim, the supreme God of heaven. He's not just a God. He is the God. Amen. Everything else is made out of stone. Everything else is made out of this and that. The is told, maybe I've shared this before, of the missionary on the foreign field And as he's on the foreign field, he's witnessing to the chief of the village. And the chief of the village just couldn't seem to get it. He'd pray and he'd witness, he'd pray and he'd witness. And the village, or excuse me, the chief's home, his little hut, began to burn. And he went in to salvage all that he could before it burned to the ground. And as he was running off, he thought of his God, and he turned, i got to get my God. And that's when it dawned on him. That's when it dawned on him. And he said, I don't need a God that I have to save. I need a God that can save me. And I don't know about your God today, but I've been in places and done things. I think about Missouri. Uh, Missouri, behind the walls, Jefferson City. Uh, Missouri, it was the main institution there. And one week in one week when we were conducting a prison revival there, Either NBC, ABC, CBS would follow us in or we would follow them in. I kept telling them, take my picture. Take my picture. We're not here for you. We're not interested in you. You know, like that. I think about how two men, uh, well, I won't tell the story, but they cut each other up and one that got the worst of the deal that couldn't keep blood in him fast enough because he was... It was just pouring out of him so fast. I think about another time, just one cell block, maybe 16, 17 feet above, uh, two runners got into it, and I had to get the team and get us out of there and get on out about the way because, because of harm's way. And yet the Lord watched over. I walked up to one fella in an institution, just patted him on the back, and I said, how are you today? He turns and he looks at me and he said, Don't touch me. And I said, Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I know where you're at in this prison, and I can get you at any time I want you. Do you understand? That's frightening. That's frightening. But you know, God's been so good, and He continues to watch over, doesn't He? He cares. Many, many times we don't know it, but we're going down the road and we get aggravated because somebody's dragging along in front of us. Maybe the Lord brings it to our remembrance. There could be a wreck right down the road. There could be, and you right in the middle of it, an accident. I'm just simply saying to you, our God is a God of refuge. Let me give you one more thing and I'll be through here in just a second. I've got 10 minutes, y'all smile, amen. I remember when Lee Robinson come and he preached and at 15 till 12, we were getting out of church. I think y'all were about to vote out Brother Wayne and vote in Lee Robinson. I don't know, amen. You remember that Brother Wayne when he, he got through that day, amen. And, and we're all saying praise the Lord, we like this, amen. First in line, amen, wherever we're going, Amen. Well, let me give it to you very quickly. Can I say to you, there's the charge in knowing. And he says, take heed. Look down in verse 10, let me give it to you. He says, take heed now for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary, be strong and do it. There's three things that we see there. We see God's appointing, his appointing, he has chosen thee. And God has something for you. He has chosen thee. He has chosen thee. What does he want out of your life? What does he want out of my life? And where can he take us and where can we go? You know, we can look at life in one sense of the word like an adventure or we can look at life in one sense of the word like a a drab or a dreary or whatever. Even in the mundane times, our Lord can make things sweet for us, can he? Amen. Well, let me go on and let me give you this. We see there's the appointing. We see number two, there's the anointing. Notice with me what He says, take heed. Uh, now, for the Lord hath chosen thee. And then he uses these words, to build. And we see that anointing. I think about Ephesians 6 and verse 10 and he says, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And God's got something for us to do. It may be to witness to that one person. It may be to witness to uh, multitudes. I think about Miss Viney Ballou. And that was Brother Ed Ballou's Uh, mother and Gail and I, we were first saved, we would slip over to Chatsworth into the projects where she lived and we would just visit with her. And she would tell the story. If I've told this, I'm so sorry, forgive me. But she would tell the story. She said, I don't have many people to come and visit. But she said, when they come, I witness to them. And then she said, I witness every month, every month to the bug man. When the bug man comes and sprays, I witness to him. I find out if he's saved or if he's not. I witness to the bug man, amen. I think about many, many times on visitation for Old Bible Way, and uh, there was a new fella that moved into the turf, and he was inviting people to church. And we would come through, and we, we had our bus route at that time, Jason, and uh, Gail and I, we, we would have our uh, kids on the bus, and they'd say, somebody come by and visit it with us. And I'd say, you're going to go with us, aren't you? And Well, we're going to make our mind up. And, and I thought, well, now who is this guy herding in on my territory? Well, it was none other than our pastor, Brother Wayne. That's who it was that was herding in on our territory. Amen. But you know, listen, he knocked on the doors and he visited and the church has become what it is today. It's because a man cared. It's because a wife cared. It's because a wife loved and trusted her husband enough to follow him out of South Georgia, to bring him into Dalton. And for years past, they've said of Dalton that Dalton was in the ashes of revival. Revival had been here, but it had gone. But you know, I thank God for a pastor that stayed. He's loved us and he's cared for us. He's given us the word of God. It might not be a revival service, every service that we have, But you can say one thing about Brother Wayne. I say it sincerely. I say it behind his back. I say it to his face. He'll give you something from the book if you'll let him. He'll give you something from the book if you'll let him. May I say to you, listen, there is the anointing. And then last but not least, can I say to you, there is the accomplishing. And he looks at him and maybe he says to that son, now boy, you be strong. And you do it. Chapter 29, verse 1 says these words, He was young and tender. Actually, many believe that when Solomon took over as leadership of Israel, he was probably around 17 years old. I've heard different and so forth, so on, a little older, even younger. And here's a young man, it says he's tender. It's not saying that he couldn't take a shovel and dig a ditch, he's not been through the wars. He's not, he's not been through the problems. He's not saw the things wherein his father David had learned from and made him into the man that he is. And he just looks at him and he says, now be strong. If I could say anything to you today, brother, I'd say, raise them for, for God. Nathan serves in Michigan, Stephanie in uh, Montgomery, Jesse here in Dalton, and then Brittany and Josh in uh, Hepsibah. They're all in church for the most part. I praise the Lord for that. I think about one time, and I'm through right here. Y'all smile. Somebody say, we missed another bullet, amen? (laughs) But I think about many long years ago, my kids were small, and I asked Gail, I said, Gail, will you go up? Let me close off the den here. We had the wood stove heater going. I said, let me hear from heaven. Let me pray. And I began to pray just prostrate on the floor. And I kept thinking, there's someone here. There's someone here. And I looked. And I saw, I think it was Nathan over here. And it was Brittany and Jessica here. And they were beside Dad praying. One of the things that I always wanted out of my children and I see it out of that one. He's preaching, it, not he? He preached for us here. But I wanted them to have their own relationship with the Lord. And he looks and he says, Be strong and do it. Now let's pray. Our Father, we sure love you this morning. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to stand and speak and preach and share a small portion from thy blessed word. Help us this morning. Maybe there's a need. Maybe there's a desire. Maybe someone's been praying and asking of you for direction in a specific manner. And so, Lord, I pray, Father, please help us in this invitation. God, if you're dealing with a heart or with hearts, Help them them to respond. Lord, not to shrug it off, not to go through the motions to sing the song. Out the door we go, shake a hand. God, may this be the day that they respond by faith what, Lord, you want out of their life. We'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.